Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Welcome, Extra Points listeners, and congratulations on making it through yet another week. Good news, the weekend awaits with its enchanting promises of endless sports and free time that ends up with you screaming silently at some jerk in the Costco parking lot instead. Or maybe I'm just projecting. Either way, we know how hard you work, and while we hope listening to all our shows makes that time go a little faster, we don't want that to feel like work in and of itself. So we've had our producers pick out their favorite bits and put them together in a half-hour supercut for you to sample. I know, I can't believe we have producers either. If you like something, check out the full episode the next week wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, thanks for supporting the network. And let me just say from the bottom of my heart as the co-founder that I sincerely hope your favorite team still loses to mine. Enjoy the shows. Starting off this best of, I am the guest this week on Trendy, and I joined Toby Mergler on Wednesday discussing college football and if they should adopt the soccer method of promotion and relegation. As uh, I think probably most of you know who are listening to me, soccer is one of my things that I love the most. I host Covered in Glory here on the network. And the thing that makes soccer the most glorious organized sport in all of the professions is promotion and relegation. And if you look at the United States landscape, there is only one organization that can actually do promotion and relegation. The enterprise values of these uh, franchisers are wildly too high. The infrastructure has been in place for 100 years. There's no way the NFL, the uh, NBA, MLB, NHL, none of those are ever doing promotion and relegation because it would require the people that are the haves to vote against their own interest. Like you're not getting 24 owners who currently own $5 billion teams to suddenly have, you know, relegation in the NBA. Like it's just not happening. But college, Eddie, college is the one place not only it could happen, it should happen. So when you hear me say all those words in that order, Eddie, as a massive college sports fan, do you immediately bristle at it? You say, oh, that's stupid. It'll never happen. Or is this something like the NBA tourney where we're going to have to bring it up once every six months for 15 years? And then eventually maybe somebody will listen and it'll be the best thing that ever happened to the sport. The only reason why, I mean, I like the idea of relegation in theory, but the only reason why I'm against it right now for college football is because the amount of changes college football is going through currently. And like, maybe we had this conversation X amount of years ago when it was still the BCS and it was still the same old, same old winning. And there was no NIL and the conferences that we you know knew for years and years and years were still in place, but like we're losing conferences. It's going to end up being more of like an NFL style, probably like just two giant conferences. Eventually it'll be the sec and the big 10. Buddy, you're, you're, you're making my point for no, me. But in a time of turmoil and a time of turmoil, this is the exact time to do it because you're right. We are heading to the big 10 and the sec, like AFC, NFC, but some, many teams are getting left out right now which is why if you try to force a vote i guess the sec might stand against it but otherwise like it should be for like let's put the other sports aside let's put basketball aside every other college sport aside shouldn't it just be four 16 team conferences that each have two divisions and then each division head plays one you know plays a conference championship and all four of those make the national championship tournament oh no i'm i am vehemently against that i love the whole 
I love the conferences because that's why college is better than pro football is the rivalries. I love that it was a regional thing versus a regional thing. And it, I, I hate that the Pac-12 is gone. I hate that the SEC and the Big Ten will become these uh, super conferences. I hate but that the on, Big 12 is gone. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. L- listen to the idea all the way through. Bring the Pac-12 back. Like, make it one of the four conferences. Yeah, but that's not going to happen conferences. anymore. These four conferences have the same teams in them each and every year. Organize them as regionally as you can. Like, what's happened to the sport is a mess. There's no reason Rutgers and uh, USC should be flying to each other or playing these games. Like, we need to blow it up right now to get back to the very thing that you love. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I also feel like it's it's on like this year, um, you know, JMU, James Madison was undefeated for a time and they even hosted college game. Day. They're not a very good team. Like they proved that they could do it. I believe right now Liberty's ranked 24th, like not a school people know for football, but like the little guys do find ways. I mean, New Mexico State was paid almost two, uh, two million dollars to fly into Auburn and they beat Auburn. And uh, like, I, I just think it is possible now in the age of the NIL where you could get guys in there. Um, we saw what happened with, you know, Dion going from, um, you know, Jackson State to having the best September of all time. I know they've kind of fizzled out, but, you know, like there are sometimes like you do get this uh you know jolt into a program so getting rid of schools uh for poor performance especially in the age where i think we're now getting closer to where the 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 usual suspects aren't going to be far and away better because of the change in conferences because of the nils i think it, it will get more even as time goes on especially with expanding the playoffs more opportunities more money um Kicking schools out is not something I'm I'm a fan of because it's mostly not even up to them. It's not the program's fault. It is pretty much the fault of the school itself, where because they don't want to allocate the resources to that program and you know what have you. So um, I think in college it's a little it's it's tougher. Well, you're not giving them the death penalty. You're not giving them the death penalty. It's not like they never get to play football again. Even if they drop down to the second tier of the SEC instead of playing in the first tier of the SEC, they can play their way right back in the very next year. Like this is the whole beauty of it. If you want to talk about college programs having a reason to allocate funds directly to these programs that you want to support, well, the economics of dropping down would give them reason to invest to make sure that doesn't happen. I think you would actually see this money reinvested in a more equanimous way. I, I definitely don't think they do. I think the main you get you you get demoted it's just like well we're no longer a football school like the beauty of college is when you have the bad sec team takes down the georgia or the alabama that's what you like to see you want to see the upsets when when they're already getting beat up mostly you know year in and year out and then they get demoted then the school has every right to go okay well we don't have to put any money towards that anymore because we're not that good we're on the level of those schools and that's going to be that and then, then they'll no longer be a football school i mean notre dame is a massive obviously one of the biggest programs in college history and they have problems allocating money towards their like their ad they always say their school first like if that school is doing it then i think other schools you know a directional state school well 100 they would just fold i I don't think it'll be the same kind of passion or drive that other schools have because we don't want that gap to get bigger i like that these schools are involved because they do play giant killer from time to time that's what makes it fun yeah I, i don't know what you're preserving like if Vanderbilt dropped out of the second division, they said, we want to focus on academics. We're not a football school. The good riddance, like you're not a football school now, but you're taking up a valuable spot on Auburn's schedule and Alabama's but, schedule. Like bring in somebody who wants to compete, bring in a Liberty, bring in a James Madison, bring in teams that can earn their way forward because they really want to compete. And then you have uh, a way for all the games I, I, to really matter and for it to be more competitive. I think that just makes the better teams more powerful. If you're getting rid of schools that are actually massive schools that are actually trying and they're just not ever going to get on that level because of 
recruiting and all that stuff. If you get rid of them, there's no way a, t- a team below a Vanderbilt's going to all of a sudden rise up and start beating those teams consistently. You're just you're just empowering the top teams that are always there. Um, it's not a perfect system, but I think it's better than the alternative right now. Yeah, well, I, I I don't see what the alternative is to what you just said. Like Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Michigan, uh, USC, I guess Clemson has fallen off. But like we see the same four Ohio State, we see the same four, five, six programs at the top every single year now. And so like I can make the argument that, that college football is far less compelling because it's so predictable at this moment. And what I'm saying is let's introduce a reason to compete throughout the entire league. I, I think you're taking a leap if you think schools will go, well, we're going to get relegated, so we have to pump more money into football. I don't think that's how schools operate. It's a way different thing than a soccer team uh, overseas. I, I think that schools are going to go, we're going to save money on the football program since we're never going to win anyway. So what's the difference if we have, you know, three wins or five wins or six wins? Like, you know, schools, uh, if you want to, like the only thing I can think of is like maybe if you become bowl eligible or something like that, where you get some sort of uh, extra incentive. But outside of that, I don't see, there's no reason if schools know they're consistently not making the mark, they're just going to be like, all right, well, we're not good at this football thing. We're going to fold. And I think you'll, you'll see more fold like programs folding than you will, or programs fading away to oblivion. than you will see like see teams going, well, we got to put more money in and start winning. Like, I just don't see a, a scenario where, uh, you know, a Colorado state is going to start, you know, uh, winning national titles because of this relegation. All right. So let's keep preserving the status quo where these teams aren't investing, to your point earlier, they're saying they're going to allocate money elsewhere. They're taking up valuable schedule slots. They're putting a crap product of, of between two crap teams on my television I don't, I don't on a Saturday that. afternoon that no one cares about because there's no stakes and that six teams really have a realistic chance to win and that they're all forming into two conferences that are obliterating the entire regional basis of the sport, eroding fan support and ruining the very good thing that we had in the first place. Let's definitely preserve all that. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that. I think uh, this year we're going to we're going to see either a Bo Nix team or a Michael Penix team in the playoff, which means like those are guys that had they started their careers elsewhere, Auburn and Indiana. We don't see them playing that national title games every single year. We're going to see a year without Nick Saban's Alabama team in the playoff. So I think that's great. I think George is very beatable. We don't have a house state in the final four. So again, like there's a lot more changes than you're saying. I think if you like say, I mean, you also have to remember too, like if you go a couple of years back pre Dabo, Clemson was irrelevant. Clemson was never in the conversation. So there's more changes in college football and who's good or who's not than you realize. And I, th- I, like I said before, I think the NIL and the changes in conference is doing more than enough of that to, you know, kind of level the playing field. And I, I think we will start seeing more teams pop up year in year out that we don't like normally would see because they're getting players in there who want to play instead of waiting on a bench to hopefully get their shot to play one year college football and then go pro. So uh, I think right now where college football is, as long as they expand to a minimum of eight teams, I think we're in a good spot. Pittsburgh's Bill Crawford joins Saratiana and Dave Damashek on extra points, and they kind of get into the spicy rumors surrounding Corey Perry and Connor Bedard's mom. In the last 24, 48 hours, the Chicago Blackhawks front <laughs> office has tried to erase this and say that these rumors out there about Corey Perry, if you if you aren't aware, Corey Perry allegedly bedded down with Connor Bedard's mother. He had sex on the phenom's mom. Now this is kind of like the reverse. <laughs> he had of sex on her. Sex on okay. her. Yeah, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You had sex on that girl. That's what Dennis Francis <laughs> Sipowitz says that famously in an episode of uh, NYPD Blue. Say it. You had sex on that girl. Um, on that boy. 
I think he was accusing a, a teacher. Anyhow, listen, that's not important right now. Corey Perry <laughs> has been, ter- his contract has been terminated. Let's start with you, Tiana, because I know this one struck your fancy. Thoughts on the release of, <laughs> was this bad oh. behavior? Release? Huh? Um, <laughs> not the best word. Yeah, I mean, it's bad behavior. Connor Bedard is the future of the NHL. And like, you are not going to piss this guy off. You are not going to make him not want to be a part of this team. And you got a clean house when you have the future in your hands. You got to do everything to make this guy happy. Last night, Chris was like, oh, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to bet money that Bedard scores tonight. And I'm like, you should have. I think it's a safer bet that even Corey Perry would score, even though he's not on the team anymore. So I think, I think at all costs, and Bedard, by the way, didn't score. So, I mean, who knows how this is going to affect him mentally and like be enough of a distraction. Like, I think, I think the Blackhawks finally did the right thing when it came to a controversy right away. Um, And, and I, and I commend them for it. You know, they can't really come out and say, yeah, it's true. Like what they got to protect the dard at, at all costs. They can't really come out and say it's true. Well, doesn't he need to protect himself by saying, mom, you're not allowed in Chicago land ever. Again. <laughs> right. and, and that's the opening volley here. Crawford, yeah. last things first with this story. Corey Perry, apparently now out there to be had. Is he the sort of cagey veteran presence that, uh, that maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins or another would-be contender could use right now. I don't want this guy anywhere near (laughs) the Penguins. We have young players that we're still hoping do something in the league. We don't have the face of the league. I got to be honest with you, though. I put this on Bedard's mom. I mean, obviously, you Mm. have to control your stick at all times. But she's got to keep the crease clean, dude. Like, you got to – you're sleeping with the veteran with goon-like tendencies. Now – now this guy gets to sleep with my mom and beat me up because I gotta fight him. I gotta I gotta fight you now. You slept with yeah. my mom. That's a yeah. that's a great life lesson that Crawford brings up. The movies do not equal reality. And I, you know, as a as a nerd, a lifelong nerd, I I know this for fact. The idea that like in the movies, like, hey, you know what you do? You go up and you slug the bully. And that puts him in his place and he'll back down real quick. That's not the way it goes in real life. No, no. Then you take Uh a a real beating. That's what you get the real beating. And Connor Bedard, don't try and defend your mom. She did this to herself and to you. I mean, she ruined his time in Chicago before it even got started. This is like your parents coming to move you in in college and then sleeping with the RA in your dorm room. Like it's like, dude, yeah. we haven't even set up the Yaffa blocks yet. You're already, you're already having set. I want to transfer. I got to go through the portal. Like I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, how do you think Tiana, how much you think this goes on? Oh, I mean, I really have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm, I think willfully ignorant to any kind of, um, you know, like I think it took me until I was 35 to realize that NBA players cheated on their wives. Like I was like, what? <laughs> so I don't think that I'm like uh, the right person to ask. But Eddie Spaghetti said that it happens all the time when I was texting with him. Is that true, producer Eddie with, Spaghetti? With, with, this happens with all the parents, time. like p- players sleeping with their teammates' parents. <laughs> no, I, I haven't heard of that one, but the one okay. that I have heard that's um, I do definitely trust my source, and it does check out was the Boston Bruins. Um, I guess I'll just name it, but 
Tyler Sagan uh, obviously took him second overall after Taylor Hall in that draft. Bruins went on to win the cup in 2011. They did bring in Nathan Horton and uh, he was shipped off to Dallas Sagan. That is because of relations with Horton's wife. And that was what I heard through a couple of oh. people. And it does seem to check out. It kind of, it kind of tracks with Sagan's history too, as, as a human being. So um, I, I think the NHL, they're, they're a bunch of dogs. So this stuff happens. Well, wait, didn't that, that also happened with uh, Tony Parker was, I don't know. If with, it, uh, with one of the Barry, Barry, right? Yeah. Brent Barry. Yes, yeah, that's right. With yep. not Rick, but yeah, with Rick Barry's son. Yeah. Brent Barry. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Weird behavior. But then again, you know, you, we always hear that football is family. So isn't this a good thing to do? Or shouldn't we all <laughs> sort of spiritually know. embrace this sort of thing? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, say that to LeBron and Delonte West, right? Like he started. To <laughs> like, I knew oh there was God. another one yeah, banging around one. in my head. There. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know. It's a great way to get you out. I, I, I mean, football is definitely family. And, you know, Zach Wilson was sleeping with his mom's friends, apparently. So, like, obviously, it's an <laughs> incestuous, like, professional sports, it's hard. I mean, you meet a lot of people, but, you know, how many people that you can trust to hold your right. secrets? So, <laughs> it feels like you have so many more options, but maybe to them, the options are like, sometimes you just want safer options or you're like, oh, I can really have sex with anyone I want. This one's a little bit more of a challenge. Maybe they just need that kind of competition because that's how they are as athletes. Mm. Well, think about this. Think about if, if Zach Wilson's mom had slept with Aaron Rodgers. like it's a lot <laughs> less fun for Zach Wilson right at the beginning of his career. Yeah. You know, or like Quentin Williams or somebody. Yeah. That's why his Achilles got actually got injured. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But is it, do we need like a, um, you know how like after football games, sometimes like the all pro left guard, the uh, edge rusher will meet up with an opponent who's a rookie and you see him out there and they're like, this is great content. He's teaching him his swing move, pay it forward. That's a, the football is family. Should LeBron blow in a call to Connor Bedard to walk him through <laughs> next steps process. here, how to yeah. handle this. He's come through. Okay. <laughs> with this whole thing. And also I is mean, Connor LeBron Bedard, is- like of all the guys I like, get, I mean, Patrick Kane, I could respect, but Corey Perry, he's terrible. That's the other thing. It's not like this guy is some sort of goddess, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do it with a guy on the minor league team, somebody whose career I can now ruin or block. Like, oh, you want to, you want to screw my mom? I'm going to screw your career now. Now you're never getting called up ever. You're not playing Mm -hmm. in the NHL. What happens, Sarah, if, Corey Perry. I really do. I, I'm fascinated to see because I well, first of all, now we're completely ruminating according to whoever held the press conference on Tuesday for the Blackhawks saying that's all nonsense. And by the way, it's grotesque stuff or whatever he said. Sorry, we we didn't start the rumors, we're just uh, reacting to them. But uh, so we don't even know if it's true. But let's say it is true. I don't know what or whatever he did that was so vile that they had to kick him off the team and we we're gonna terminate his contract. And whatever you heard is not true, but what is true is even worse, which really sends my mind reeling. But it, let's say Corey Perry does land on another NHL team. Do he and Connor Bedard actually have to drop the gloves as as uh, Crawford just said there? Do they have to in in the public forum on the on the sheet of ice? Do they have to settle their hash? Oh, yeah. Not only does Connor Bedard have to fight him, but every other player on the Blackhawks 
pasta yes. party too, because totally. they, they got to go to bat for, for their, you know, their future Gretzky guy. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is their future hall of fame guy. They got to protect him if they want, you know, to hoist that cup. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta regulators mount up. It's all <laughs> gloves off every, it's like uh, the Ottawa game. Yeah. Everyone's getting a penalty in the game. Everyone 10 minutes. I yeah, also think with the with the, the the Delonte West thing, like, okay, LeBron's mom did that. He's a scrub. It's sort of like as time passes, he can forget about it. Corey Perry has racked up some numbers. I don't know if he's going to get into the Hall of Fame, but if he does, now he's got to go through that all over again. Like it's the the wound will be fresh years down the road. Now, yeah. see, the Hawks are a bad team, but now I really want them to make the playoffs, and I want Corey Perry to land on a team that plays the Blackhawks <laughs> in the first round because only with seven games of hate can we really see this thing fully blow up, I feel like. I, I think that's my wish. That's my Christmas wish this 2023. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet register using this code listen up omaha full the word omaha and the word full and then you place your first bet up to 1250 dollars. if you win great if you keep those winnings but if you lose you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet 21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa kansas louisiana massachusetts maryland michigan new jersey new york ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia and wyoming new users and first ten dollar plus wager only must register with eligible promo code bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss maximum bonus bet 1250 dollars. bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org michigan call 1-800-270-7117 illinois maryland new jersey tennessee virginia west virginia ohio pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or west virginia 1-800-GAMBLER.net new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. In this next clip, Jeff Schwartz joins Dave Damashek on minus three to discuss Frank Reich being fired only after 11 games and if the Carolina Panthers regret drafting Bryce Young first overall. Frank Reich is now the sacrificial lamb. Maybe he deserves it. David Tepper, the owner, now getting a lot of heat. As a reminder, if I have a $5 billion toy, I will play with it. I will not just say, hey, anybody want to play with this $5 billion toy? <laughs> you can come over and hang out. I, I'm not going to touch it. That's not my That's not my role in this. Like, Obviously, I'm going to be like, I want you to draft that guy, and I want you to fire that guy, yeah. and our uniforms are going to look like this. And like, I would be all I – mean, what, what human being wouldn't? But does anybody besides David Tepper in Charlotte, North care? I, for real, does anybody care there? Is anybody upset as you walk the streets of Charlotte today? Oh, I mean, yeah, people are picketing in front of the stadium. Um, you know what's funny too, Dave, is they they also fired Josh McCown and Deuce Staley today, but David Tepper didn't fire them. Uh, the the interim head coach and Jim Caldwell fired them. So <laughs> like, Power like, play. like what is happening right now at the Panthers? David Tepper's had the job since 2018. Not the job, he bought the team in 2018. Right. Be on his fourth head coach. Uh, coming this spring, uh, this winter, I should say. Um, he's had three interim coaches now over the, because he fired Ron Rivera and fired Matt Rule before the season was over. Um, what a dumpster fire. You, the, the Bryce Young thing is interesting because, you know, I think a lot of times you don't want to say, you know, like, yeah, everyone thinks this guy's good, but I don't. Like it's just it's hard to do that sometimes, right? Like, it's hard to be the person because Bryce Young had a great college film. Like, it was, it was fantastic. Everything you want in a quarterback was right there. Um, but then Stroud had the Georgia game. And you're like, okay, well, that CJ Stroud is a good pro. The mm-hmm. other 20 games, eh, I don't know, maybe. And the Georgia CJ Stroud has showed up. It reminds you a little bit of Justin Herbert, who played his best game against Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. And you were like, oh, do we get that Herbert or we get the other Herberts? And we got that Herbert so far, right? Um and so that's what happened with Stroud and with Bryce Young. Look, offensive line, not great. Weapons aren't great. But there's not even, Dave, like the flashes. Like, I I, I might be wrong about Kenny Pickett moving forward. I was high on Kenny Pickett, but you'll understand this. There were, Last year, there were flashes of Kenny Pickett. We were like, oh, okay. Right. I, 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 see, I see it a little bit. With Bryce Young, there just aren't yet. And it hmm. might not be his fault. I mean, do you, do you watch Bryce Young play and like oh, – I see a little bit of that, like maybe a, a tiny bit, like a throw or two, um, you know, but part of it is too, like, he's just not big. He just not. Um, and you have to design an offense around that. He also can't escape, which is not what he did much in college, but you know, the, there's NFL fast mm-hmm. and there's yeah. like fast, fast, right? Like, and it's, it's funny. I, I don't know what the 40 time of Bryce Young was or Patrick Mahomes, like Mahomes would never run a fast 40 time. He seems to be faster. Everyone that chases them though. 
Like he my just, misread on Josh Rosen up. was was that he was going to be able to take off with the ball like he did in the Pac-12. That he could he, yeah. he burned teams with his legs more often than you probably think. Um, and Matt Money Smith, smart Chargers play by play guy, yeah. said, "I don't think he's got that gear that's going to allow him to run away from NFL defenders." And I said, "I, I guess we'll see, won't we?" Um, and it, as soon as you saw him, it didn't even take until September. I don't think, I think in August you could watch Josh Rosen out there and be like, Ooh, those defenders are catching him. He can't get to the edge. Um, and that's a problem for Bryce young. We talked about it on this show. I know it was with you and with a bunch of other people about like his size and it's fine that he's little and, but there's Drew Brees and there's Russell Wilson. And there's some examples out there, Kyler Murray of guys landing on teams and, and thriving in the NFL despite their size. But if you, if the roster is decimated, like, you know, you, I, I guess Panthers fans got up close and personal with Cam Newton. That team stunk too his rookie season, but he was great. And talk about seeing flashes. Yeah. It's because he was he he's he's a specimen. Josh Allen was on oh, a yeah. bad Bills team early, but he was a specimen and could overcome that. You throw a little guy on a bum roster. There's the how are you ever gonna see anything right. good? And by the way, here's what's even worse. They gave away everything. I don't know what the uh, what the fix is between now and the start but, of 2024 no. for the Panthers. Who are they getting? I mean, but think about Cam Newton too. When he came to the Panthers. He had, he had a Pro Bowl center and left tackle. He had Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams, and Steve Smith. He, yeah, he right. Had, he, Bryce Young has zero of those guys right now. So even in Cam Newton, remember his first game, he threw that long bomb to Steve Smith in Arizona. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, shit. okay. I, I Look, I, certainly there's, I'm sure there's a throw Bryce Young made this year where you were like, you felt that way about Bryce Young. But you're probably about Cam, like right away it was like, okay, now, good football player. CJ Stroud, you're like, oh, sh oh, uh, good football player. It, it, it doesn't mean Bryce Young's never going to be good or he can't get better. But who's taking this job? Look, presumably the Chargers are open, going to be open this year, right? Every coach who's an offensive coach is going to want Justin Herbert, okay? And it's going to draw college guys. Jim Harbaugh is going to probably get a phone call. Uh, there's some other guys who get phone calls about that job. With the playoffs just around the corner in fantasy football, Jen PHND gives out some running backs and wide receivers that could help you in this playoff stretch. So uh, we promised that we would talk about playoff uh, players to target. So I just want to briefly touch on those now. Running backs and wide receivers. Last week, we talked about quarterbacks and tight ends. Today, we're going to talk about running backs and wide receivers just briefly. So you can be thinking ahead because this is a week. Where again, remember, six teams on by. One thing you want to do after this week is you want to look at that waiver wire, see who was dropped. Some people are going to have to drop. Like, there's one league where I may have to drop OBJ, and I don't really want to. Mm. I actually think OBJ could be great down the stretch. But like, I'm trying to make those decisions because I have so many spots to build this weekend. So you're going to want to check that. And if you don't have to make any moves yourself, you're going to want to be anticipatory for some of these players that I'm gonna talk about right now, just thinking forward. Okay, so let's start with the running back position. Best schedule for running backs, among the best schedule for running backs will be the Chargers running backs. So that's Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. So if you're looking to get your handcuff, Joshua Kelly maybe is someone, as you go through the weeks, if you have the space, you add him there. Now, my only thing about this is we saw Joshua Kelly like sub for Austin Eckler and it wasn't that exciting, unfortunately. But Again, deep leagues. 
Next best schedule seems to be Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier. Algier might get dropped this weekend. If he gets dropped, you need to pick him up. They've got Carolina, uh, Indianapolis, and Chicago for their last three weeks. Um, now, Chicago does not give up a lot of points to runners, but they give up a lot of points to running backs who catch. So Bijan is really the guy that's going to go off in week 17. Totally. But- to- yeah, totally with you there. Algier, I mean, his best week was week one. Um, and then it just seems like since then, like, <laughs> I wonder if the outside pressure actually got to Arthur Smith because you really only had two other weeks, I believe, with over double digit points. Um, they finally are listening. They're like, yeah, that's why we drafted Bijan. We're going to use him. So Algier, uh, I'm with you on that, unfortunately. And I do have him on a few teams. But he is a high upside handcuff, right? Yes. And this is the point where you don't want to leave those guys on the bench if it's coming down to it. So just bear that in mind about Algier. Um, next up, the Philadelphia Eagles running backs get Seattle, the New York Giants, and Arizona. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Now, obviously, you can't get DeAndre Swift. But you know who you can get? Kenneth Gainwell. This is this is the highest upside handcuff out there, in my opinion. And he should not be floating around on waiver wires if there's room. you you got to get Kenny Gainwell in there. I know he's game script dependent right now, but if anything happens to Swift, Gainwell could be your league winner here, okay? So Gainwell needs to be on the radar. We already talked about Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Unfortunately, you probably can't grab any of those guys. Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt have Chicago, Houston, and the New York Jets. Um, So Hunt is someone you might want to add. Others, uh, Derek Henry and Ty J Spears have Houston, Seattle, and Houston. So Ty J Spears should not be on the waiver wire. If anything happens to Derek Henry, that's like premium handcuff you want to have. Uh, and Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson also have a really great, great playoff schedule. Kansas City, not the best, the best, but Denver and then Buffalo, who hasn't been good versus the run lately either. So um, those are guys as you're moving forward and you're like, which guy should it be? They both seem kind of crummy. <laughs> those are the way I would lean based on for playoff matchups. Jumping to wide receivers. Best playoff matchup, probably Dallas Cowboys. So C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, who's been coming on strong as of late. We're going to talk more about that Thursday night football. And then if you really need to go deeper, Jalen Tolbert, not Michael Gallup. Tolbert seems to be the third guy. Yeah, with you on the Dallas. I mean, the offense is firing all cylinders. uh, Absolutely. They've got Buffalo, Miami, and then in the championship week, they've got Detroit. So, yum. Um, Next up, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Can't get either of those guys, but maybe you can take a stab at Juwan Jennings if you're in a super deep league. They have Arizona, Baltimore, Washington for your championship week. Uh, next up, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman, uh, Hollywood Brown, Michael Wilson, Rondale Moore. None of those are super exciting. Uh, Hollywood Brown's already rostered, but they have a great playoff schedule for the same reason we like Kyler. Uh, San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, which seem like they should be tough matchups, San Francisco and Philadelphia, but they're not good uh, in the versus pass. And, 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 then, plus, and they'll be throwing the ball too because they'll be down. So, and Kyler exactly. looks like he's back. Kyler is back. So I, I love the Cardinals. Yes, receivers. Kyler is back. Yeah. Unlike Justin Field. Thank God I, picked, I held on to Kyler Murray. Oh, <laughs> Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell. They have Washington, New Orleans, and the New York Giants. Uh, Metcalf Lockett and Jackson Smith. How do you say his last name? In, in Jigba. Jigba. 
And yeah, Jackson's with or JSN as everyone has called as I call him for years since he's been on uh, Ohio State. Yeah, they've got uh, Philadelphia, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Darius Slayton, Wendell Robinson, Jalen Hyatt have New Orleans, Philadelphia, and Los Angeles Rams, and then Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, and maybe Alec Pierce. I don't know. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Las Vegas. And let's stop down for a quick break here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, it's Sheck versus Jacob Truba yet again after the Rangers captain was fined $5,000 for a high stick versus the Boston Bruins. Sheck led myself and Kevin Hench way in during minus three. Surprised you didn't mention the name Trent Frederick because he was victimized this past week, wasn't he, Kevin Hench? I'm curious about your thoughts on his tangle with Jacob Truba. I was anxious to hear this one. Truba, I know what Spaghetti's going to say. I'm not going to steal your thunder here, Spaghetti. But what he just described in Draymond is exactly the standard that Jacob Truba benefits from, right, Hench? Well, it's just like, well, that's that's how Tra- Truba plays. If anybody else hit the player in the head with a stick, it would be suspended, and that's it. You wouldn't be able well, to get away I, with it. I'm I'm more worried about the the metaphorical stick that the Rangers hit the Bruins with, as they they've sent us into a tailspin. I'm assuming by the time this airs, I shouldn't jinx it, but that, that maybe we've eked one out against the sharks, uh, uh, Thursday night, but, uh, uh, the, the Rangers destroying the Bruins in all phases. Um, but I, I I can't, I, I know Truba it's, it's not an inapt analogy with Draymond, but, um, as, as someone who has largely defended Truba and the and the way he plays, I mean, first of all, he doesn't spend the whole game talking to the officials, which is like, I don't know why they're indulging Draymond. Stop talking to me. Go shoot. Because go. it puts them on camera. That's yeah. why. So uh, but I, I I feel like I would be if I if I pivoted immediately on Truba because of his gangsterism happened to be against my team. Uh, I, I might be a little hypocritical, but I'll let Spaghetti take the floor. All right. And I do want to say in advance. Because oh, I, I don't want I spaghetti to, f- I don't feel like spaghetti. I think spaghetti feels like I'm going at him, and what this is going to turn into is him impugning no, Penguins and Devils bad. fans for being soft and not liking it. Well, Correct. I mean, well, because let me, let me pen- read a great quote from uh, Larry Brooks. Pen- okay, let me just say something to you. I think that for all my talk, I don't root for the Rags. Obviously, I hope they don't win the Stanley Cup, but I think you should be betting them at ten to one right now. I mean, the, I think the Avs are are the the better betted. I think they're eight to one right now. The Knights are riding high, but 
man, I think the the rags are a little undervalued by the way they look right now. I mean, keep in mind the players that they're without, they are suffocating in their own end. I mean, the the Penguins a few nights ago almost literally couldn't get a puck through clean on goal. I mean, they are they are suffocating in their on their end of the ice because of that blue line. And that includes Truba. Doesn't mean that he's not filthy, though. Please have at it. I don't think, I mean, he's not a filthy player. It, it, just to go on this hit, uh, his exact quotes from what happened on the ice was, it was like, obviously it was accidental, but like he he did it. And then he, the Trent Frederick was like, wait, that actually just happened. He was like, sorry, my bad. Didn't mean to do that. Like they were fine on the ice. No penalty called on the ice, not brought up after the game. Like there was no, like, it wasn't a big deal at all until the NHL, like the, the player safety department find them. But it, it, and then, and then of course, then you have the fans of the penguins and of the devils who always have to chime in on true, but devils fans who no, no, not threats. fans, the media chimed in. I mean, right. It, the, like it wasn't, if the player who got hit with it said it was accidental and it wasn't a big deal and they're fine on the ice, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with Bill it. Too. Bork, and Bill he Bork came, played for the Rangers. Was he it, he, came, he's in the bag against them too. But but Jacob Truba came out and said it was accidentally said that stuff can't happen. And then Trent Frederick, who received the the, the high stick, was like he was like, oh, it was a it was a mess up. It's fine. Move on. <laughs> I agree, it can't happen. It shouldn't happen. But it this, is happen. this is a great quote. This is a great. This is such a great quote from from uh, Larry uh, from uh, Larry Brooks, the New York Post uh, said the population in Pittsburgh apoplectic since Truba took out cherished Sidney Crosby in Game Five of the 2002 2022 first round, all but demanded a military a military tribunal be convened over this it's just like it just shows you that certain fan bases are never going to be good with the player um i don't care if you guys are upset right now the rangers are better than the penguins the rangers are better than the devils right now jacob truba would be the best all-around defenseman on the penguins bar none and i like so he it is not. i mean he absolutely is defensively he's by far better than anyone you have in the defensive roster defensive defenseman okay i just said all around you defensive. said all around defenseman look if if he injured trent frederick obviously it's a huge thing he said it, it, it happened also there's all there's different angles of that play too where like he he all right he my, was like point is, him and my point is my point is the preponderance of those moments that involve jacob truba's stick or elbow that's the point. Same thing with Draymond. It's like it's funny that it keeps being the same guy who gets who is highlighted or low. Draymond's getting suspended and and is getting like where where are the penalties and suspensions against Truba? Not enough. Uh, All right, I, I hear your notes. You're wrong. You're, you're wrong. wrong. You're I'm sorry. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna drop that. I'm never guys, dropping that. You're not obliged. You're always defend. ready. You're like you know. Anybody I didn't alienate with my Hannah Arendt quality <laughs> of evil reference is now banned in the podcast as we talk about a hockey play that one tenth of one percent of sports fans saw as as Sheck. Sheck is like writing Jacob Truba in Jerusalem, the banality of evil. Like, when is this guy going to be tried for his war crimes? It all, it all, if it wasn't for the Crosby hit, he, he would, none of this, it's all based on one play. Of course. It's not based on one play. It's not your as though I didn't know going into your, that series your, two years your ago. Your personal antipathy is based on one play. Right. I, well, okay, the thing, that's all I, want I, I don't care about a military here. tribunal right. and Larry Brooks or the Post can say whatever he wants, but the fact that people don't want to acknowledge it, uh, Rags fans is, that if 
Truba's elbow doesn't get Crosby in the head, the Penguins win that series. That's, that's not true. You are up multiple like goals. You are up multiple goals and and like game clinching scenarios, and you cannot hold the lead and you lost because you were not the better team. Simple as that. There's no excuse. Up multiple goals, especially in the third period. No excuse. Like you have they other good, you have other player. good players. What could you do? You have the best other good player players in the world was removed. Other what good players. He is not the he is not the best player in the world at that current moment. And you had other good players on your team, and you still lost. And Jake, blaming Jake right. Jake was, was better. Also, uh, uh, the fact that the New York the New York Post, which is a, a very obviously a very popular uh, uh, publication, in New York the editor is like, yeah, make fun of the entire city and fan base of Pittsburgh. That should speak volumes to you. How how the New much York you guys po- whine. <laughs> The New <laughs> listen, that's flattering. If the New York Post is on the wrong is on the other side of the argument, that's good news. But that doesn't bother you that the the Pittsburgh like that no. you're getting made fun of by the New York media. You see who writes at the New York Post? No, that doesn't bother. Larry Brooks me. has been covering the league for X, I mean decades, so I don't care. And he's in the bag for the rags, so that's fine. All right, listen, hey guys, hey guys, I just went and got a cup of coffee. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> I'm trying to go. And sticking with the hockey theme, myself and Toby on Trendy got into some really fun NHL future bets. So let's go ahead and get into hockey a little bit, Eddie. Uh, I I told you right before the show I wanted to talk hockey futures because you came on uh, when the puck dropped in October. We did a season preview, and it feels right about you know what, about six weeks later to check in. How are you feeling about the original picks that you gave out at the beginning of the year? And if you wanted to revise any of them, what is the single best future you think there is to bet? in the NHL right now? The single best future, um, probably the, I think it's going to be an Eastern Conference winner um, to win the cup. It's minus 120. Um, I think that's by far a home run. Actually, the best bet in in all of hockey is you could actually pick which country wins the Stanley Cup, but the odds are so bad. It's like minus, like, I don't even know, something crazy for the USA to win, which for sure happened. I don't see a Canadian team winning, but I like the Eastern Conference to win uh, minus 120. Like I said, you have my Rangers who are now leading the NHL in points after their fantastic win over the Boston Bruins, but the Boston Bruins still a great team. Uh, obviously won you know record breaking season last year, president's cup trophy, all that jazz, but then you still have teams like the, 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 the hurricanes and the Red Wings have been surprisingly really good. And I'm sure if the devils get healthy, they'll be back in the mix. Uh, if you still kind of believe in the Pittsburgh Quint Penguins. So there are some other teams that if they get in there um, could create some noise. The Panthers aren't going anywhere. The lightning still in that back end of that uh, dynasty. And then the Maple Leafs are everyone's favorite pick to get uh, to the cup. So when you look at all those teams versus what's coming out in the West, I think the real big hit for the West, Toby, is the is the, uh, Connor McDavid's injury. The Edmonton Oilers not playing very well. That was the one team that everyone felt really good about in the West. But you still have the surprise in the Canucks. The Golden Knights have been good. The Kings have been good. I like the stars a, a lot. And obviously the avalanche or a couple winners, a couple years back. So they have some teams, but I think the overall balance of power with the, the fall of the Edmonton Oilers kind of shifted to the Eastern conference. And plus again, the Rangers leading the league in points right now definitely helps the East. So there's been a light, like a little bit of a shift uh, since the, the, the season started with the puck drop. I would have said it's minus 500. You were going to give out the Rangers to win the cup as your single best bet. You seem I, as confident as I've ever seen you about the Rangers. I, I love them. I love how they're playing. Uh, Peter Lavi, that's actual coach, is putting in a great system. They're playing defense. You know, the Rangers were playing a style of hockey the last couple of years with one of the best goaltenders in the world with Igor Shesterkin. It's like, 
hey, we're only going to score goals in the power play, and then we're going to be bad defensively and hope Igor bails us out. They're not playing that way anymore, which is why I trust them. They're very good in uh, the, the the defensive categories where they're not lining a lot of goals per game. Obviously, the help of the goaltender is always going to you know be there to have the, the safety net, uh, no pun intended. And then they're scoring uh, at a great clip on five on five too, which is something they weren't doing in years past. So I am very confident, but it's November 27th. Um, the Stanley cup finals is many months away, so I can't get too invested into it. I also hate betting on my teams. Although if you uh, do think that like I did pick the Rangers to make the cup, I did feel confident in them, but um, long way to go, not even to the year 2024 yet. So I'm, I'm very happy, but I'm trying to be as patient as possible. Well, I imagine on minus three this week, it's going to be 75 minutes of refs talk because they do not want hockey to come up after the rags beat both the Bruins and the Penguins in the last week. Uh, so, Eddie, you were talking a little bit about the cup being a little ways away. You know, I, I've, I've admitted on the show several times that I don't watch a whole lot of hockey. Is the five, six weeks of the regular season that we've seen so far already, is that a strong enough sample size to actually understand where the league is heading this year? Or is hockey like subject to heavy shifts where things that happen at the beginning of the year fade pretty quickly by the time we reach playoff time? That's that's a great question. I think I have seen enough, I think, to kind of figure out some stuff. Like I said, the Eastern Conference winner, I think we've seen enough to like, I, I like the Metro division to to win the Cup as plus 220. Um, Rangers, Canes, Devils, Penguins all playing in the division. They could easily make it. I think I've seen enough to kind of figure out certain teams. The one team I'm not sold on completely, even though they have the top scoring guys in the league and they have one of the best goaltenders in the league right now, um, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, that was a team that no one really expected to be where they are right now. And um, again, like I, I think I've seen enough from the Oilers to know that like it's just not going to work out with McDavid. I think we've seen enough from the bad teams like the Blue Jackets and the San Jose Sharks, which come up time and time again. Like I, I think we know who's really good, who's really bad. And there's maybe one or two wild cards and some teams that will figure it out. Like the Devils are not as bad as their record. Obviously, they dealt with a lot of injuries. The three best players were injured. The Maple Leafs are not as bad as their record. They will move up in the rankings. So um, I think I've seen enough to figure out who's fake, who's for real. And you will, you know, water will find its level eventually. But I have a pretty good grasp. Uh, on most things right now and, and nothing changed too dramatically the biggest shock to me really is the oilers and mcdavid not playing well 